Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pucks on the Dasher, a hockey podcast. I'm your host, Adam Glass, and with me this week, host of the Scene on Screen podcast, Mr. Sean Robinson. Yo, what's up? I don't know. Not much. I don't know. How's trivia been? I haven't been in a while. Been, uh, good. We actually I, had such a crazy ending to last week. So we had a double tiebreaker. A double? How does that work? So Jeopardy happened, and I asked a question that I was like very positive I knew the answer. And the internet was positive I had the right answer. However, um, which isn't going to be great listening for this podcast because it was about Disney princesses. I will tell you straight up. The, the question was, which one of the original 12 Disney princesses is the oldest? And it turns out two of them are 19. And I didn't want to get into semantics, so I offered a tiebreaker in that question as well. So I was like, there's two of them that are the same age, whatever. And if you get the youngest one, that's the tiebreaker. Well, of course, the two teams that got it, there were like three teams that got it, but two teams actually tied in points. So then we offered up another tiebreaker, and they both got that one right. So I went with the closest, <laughs> closest number. Like Disney trivia is intense. I would be very bad at it. That wouldn't be a, a really, like especially if it's like the Disney cartoons and stuff. Yeah, that would be a very. I would know only the basic of stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was a good time. We're doing uh, 90s night next week, but I, I unfortunately won't be there for it. I have a co-host doing it, um, but it'll be a good time. Do you have a co-host doing trivia for you? Uh, yeah, so I'm away two of the next four trivias, so I have somebody else doing it for me. Wow. Fun. Yeah, things are taking off. It's a good uh, time. I got to get back sometime. I've just been working out of town and can't get back in time to make it fair you at least watching tv or anything do do a doing uh doing that star wars grind i i'm caught up on mandalorian i have been watching more clone wars but i think i'm still on season one um that seems impossible to me because i've been on the show i was on the show three weeks ago and then you told tyler that it's a passive show and you're still only on season one are you kidding yeah, because I'm not watching it. I don't watch it, like, every day or anything. It's just, like, every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I should watch that. But I've watched, like, sometimes, like, yeah, last night, I watched <laughs> World War II Battles in Color on the Smithsonian Channel. Like, oh, I watch random stuff. It's just, usually, it's just whatever strikes me. I don't, like, usually binge stuff much anymore um, for, the, for the most part. Fair yeah. Enough. I don't know. Just not my thing i just i don't know sometimes i'm just not feeling the show i'm watching so i switch to something else and sometimes i literally just want to half watch something and hockey's been boring because the leafs are kind of locked into where they're locked into for the last like month and a half so and i fantasy hasn't gone great so i haven't been watching a ton of hockey lately either that's fair can i ask you a question about the mandalorian though or just yeah TV you in can, general? for sure i'm all caught up so would you consider this a uh, spoiler if somebody wrote not even an hour after it aired? And I quote, not a spoiler, but I can't believe Jack Black, Lizzo and Christopher Lloyd are part of the uh, the Star Wars universe. That's like. What the fuck? <laughs> who, who, who writes that an hour after a show airs on after midnight on a, a Wednesday morning? Who does that? 
So as as somebody who's dealing that with that right now with Succession because I'm waiting for the whole season to end before I go watch the last season of it, I'm basically getting random people like having tweets related to most recent episodes of, that don't I don't follow for any kind of TV or anything like that. So that's been annoying. So that's that tweeting guest stars in an episode is a weird gray area because technically it isn't a story spoiler it's not like they're saying what characters they are it's more of a guest star like hmm Hmm. yeah it's it's kind of like uh i think it's it's kind of a cut move man it's an it's a it's a bad move it's a bad taste i don't like it now if they were to say something like, oh, Sasha Banks returns for this episode, that technically would be a spoiler because you know what character she is in the show. Yeah. I, but I, like, I, I, I would agree like saying that. Jack Black and, you know, Doc from Back to the Future and Lizzo are in the, the episode is more of like that, I guess, is more of the shock value of them being in it. But if they're. Hmm, yeah, but if they're the shock value of them being characters in the universe is a big thing, then they're they should just be themselves in star you know what i mean like yeah. that i honestly didn't even know that was lizzo i don't i guess i'm just not i definitely obviously knew it was jack black but yeah um, no, like, not too it, current on i know of lizzo it, it's interesting to me because of uh just that gray area right yeah it'd be like nobody told me tim meadows was in the episode before but everybody right, right. said the guy from Corner Gas, or not Corner Gas, uh, Kim's Convenience was in it again. So I already knew he was coming. I'm like, oh, cool. So there's going to be like a, a Ranger of the Republic in the episode. Yeah. And Tim Meadows showed up and I got like really excited. And that wasn't spoiled for me. I just, I felt like I would have been more excited about Jack Black knowing or not knowing that he existed in the, the episode, you know? Yeah. No, I was very excited for Tim Meadows because I don't see him that often. Yeah. Um, On stuff. So Jack Great Black, actor. however, I see all the time kind of out there. Well, he's also incredibly topical right now with Super Mario. Right. Have you have you seen it? Uh, we're actually seeing it this week. Oh, okay. I have not seen it yet either. I'm very intrigued. I've I've heard it's good. I don't know. I like okay. the Sonic movie. I like I haven't seen the second one. I like the did, first one. Did you ever watch Chip and Dale the Rescue Rangers, like the new one? Not the new one. Oh my gosh. So it's like part of it is drawn as if it's cartoon. Other parts are 3D animated. It's the references spot on. It is, I, I promise you, it is a good film. Watch it when you have the chance. Okay. And and they uh, they even make fun of Sanic, right? Like, so when, uh, what, was, what was it really originally called? Like Bad Sonic or whatever? Um. Well, the original drawings of Sonic were used in this movie, and it's so good, so good. In Chip and Dale? Yeah, the new one. Oh, I should. Yeah, maybe I should watch that. Disney Plus, baby. Almost all my Chip and Dale nostalgia is from the video game now. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Oh, they were so hard. Oh, video games were hard, Sean. They used to be really hard. Aladdin. I'm actually uh, playing through Jedi Fallen Order right now. Is that yep. the that's the one that came out a few years back, right? Yep. Uh, is it just, is it good? It's very it's very enjoyable. I like the story a lot. 
Hmm. Um, Maybe I'll it's, check it's that out. Very button mashy for me, but it's pretty much free on any platform if you have a, a streaming service. Well, I have Game Pass, so yeah, I think it's on there. It's on Game Pass. That's what I've been playing it on right now. But uh, I will tell you, straight up, it's great. Just great. Okay, so one more quick video game story um, since we're on the topic, because it happened to me on the weekend. It's still affecting me. So for a while last year, I think, and maybe the year before that, me and my son and a friend of mine were doing like a Minecraft world, like survival mode. Yep. Um, it took a while for my son to finally want to play survival mode. He just did creative for a while because he was a little like sketched out by just the permanence of survival mode, if you will. Uh, so we basically spent months and months in this survival world, building up all our stuff, like basically getting to the point where we could conceivably start, you know, exploring the the netherworld and look for a fortress and all that kind of stuff, if you're familiar with Minecraft. Yep. Um, so at this point, I basically have fully enchanted diamond armor. I have an infinity bow with multiple enchantments on it. Like I'm kitted right out for as good as I can essentially get in Minecraft at that point. And we just put the game down for a long time, like a long time, like probably a year. And then this weekend, he's like, hey, I want to play Minecraft again. And I'm like, OK, so we load up our world. All my stuff's still there. I got like my full kit on, like all my stuff, my infinity bow. I'm really impressed with all the stuff I have because I haven't played in a while. Full inventory, too. I don't even I don't even remember what was in there. And right near where our base is or our house or whatever you want to call it that we built with like the village and everything there. There is a little lava patch that we kept just in case we ever needed it for something. And I happened to be walking backwards, not paying attention. And I went right into this lava patch and I died with all my stuff. Oh no. And I literally lost like to get everything back that I would have had. It probably would take me like tens of hours to get it back. Cause even just getting the infinity enchantment on a bow is just so random. Like you can't do it. You have to just find one somewhere or fish for one or so it was, it, it honestly affected me in a way that I felt very inappropriate for a 40 year old male, <laughs> but I was so bummed. I was like, oh, I, I basically was like, I don't even want to play now. Like, I'm good. Like, I don't ever want to play this again. You packed up your Xbox and went to bed. Yeah. Like, like, can we, I was just like, can we play Minecraft dungeons now? Like, I just can't, this is affecting me too much right now. Cause it was just such a dumb thing to do. Like, because normally I wouldn't even have, if I was going into a scenario where I thought I could die or there'd be lava, I wouldn't even have much stuff on me. And it was just a stupid random thing that happened, like, when I could literally see our base. Like, it was just, yeah, bad timing. Whatever yeah. it was. All right. So, okay. should we do this hockey thing? I guess we do still do a hockey podcast here, so let's do it. Okay, so this week's episode is going to be some end-of-season fantasy awards, if you will. Uh, with the big pool and then some of my other pools just to finish off my teams. Uh, and then once we get through all of that, if we still have time, there's a few news things that we're going to touch on. Uh, but I feel like once we get through all this, it'll probably take a while. Well, let's see how she goes. So to start off, I'm going to go through my super duper stars and my poo poo performers for the two leagues that you aren't in, Sean. Sounds good. Uh, so in my points league, and I do have players that like overlap in all my pools or in some of my pools. So I made sure to not pick the same players in multiple pools because that would just be lame. So the poo-poo performer for my points pool is uh, Mr. Evander Kane, who won't even probably break 20 goals this year or even 20 assists. Um, no, not even kind of shocked. Not, not 
just bad. Just bad. Uh, and then my super duper star for the points pool, a uh, player that I just ran, I just drafted. Like there's no, I think it was like a mid round draft pick. Uh, he has 34 goals and 39 assists for a career high this year. And that is Mr. Tyler to Foley. Not bad. Uh, I just 25 power play points. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, so I have a pretty good year for a mid round pick over in the auction pool. My poo poo performer for the year is uh, another guy who's not going to break 20 goals unless he has a really good last few games. That's Mr. Capo Caco. Just that's a four year signing that has just never been useful. Well, you can release him, right? I could technically buy him out, and he is. I'm debating on buying him out this offseason finally. Like, he's just not. There's no room for him in New York right now. He's not showing me enough that he's going to move up into the top six. And if they end up re-signing Tarasenko and or Kane, which I feel like they're going to do, then, yeah, there's really no point in bringing him back. And I only have him signed for $2, so I think he only cost me a dollar on my uh, draft next year to buy him out. So that will probably happen. And then my super-duper star for the auction pool uh, a career high, 38 goals, uh, almost a career high of 45 assists. That is Mr. William Nylander, Sean's favorite player. Well, I mean, if you give me time to talk about it, it's not like I wasn't right. But he also has 279 shots, which is pretty great. Yeah, it's great. And I like him with Tavares right now because that gives Matthews all the time in the world to shoot. So we'll see. Tavares, Nylander, O'Reilly, potentially. That's actually a pretty sick line, but we'll do Leafs after. I know that's what you want to do, so. Uh, yeah, we'll do that later. Okay, so we'll since I've been talking too long, who are your poo-poo performer? And, just give me your poo-poo performer for your big pool team. I don't think this is fair to this player, in all fairness, but N- Nicky Robb, unfortunately, separated his shoulder to oblivion, and he had a <laughs> very poor season. Um, it's just too bad because I think that guy has so much potential and his brother just took off, but I, I can't really count that. Cause he did that in very, like he had five points in what 12 games. <laughs> so it wasn't terrible. Uh, but if I were to go with an absolute all time poop poop performer, but I had him on my team for the lulls. Actually, I can't even pick on that guy. Shit, I'm going to have to go with Nick Robertson because I, I flipped so much of my team near the end that it didn't even matter. I, I got rid of every sellable asset. I'm I'm okay with a Nick Robertson being nominated for that. That's That makes sense. Fair. Uh, my, my super duper star could have been Barkov if he stayed healthy, so I traded him. Sorry, Craigers. But I'm actually, I've got the surprising, I've, I think I've got a surprising up-and-comer, and depending on who he gets to play with next year, it'll be even more telling, but Clayton Keller put up 37 goals, 48 assists for the organization, as well as 85 points and only a dash two playing in Arizona. How do you hate that? I hate it. Why? Because he's playing in Arizona? No, because I traded him to you last year. Yeah, well, that's your fault. It is my fault. Um, did did I, you not win money last year? So I did. I ended up finishing second last year. So You made the fun. right call. Like, it's fine, but still, that 85 points on that, given some of the guys that I kept that did not get 85 points, that would have been all right. 
he is my softest player at, or second softest player at 16 hits though. Yeah, that'll happen. You have to deal with that with certain guys. I have Jesper Bratt, and he gets no hits. Jordan Cairo had 14, so, like, oops. He just ran into a few guys accidentally. Yeah. Uh, runs. Okay, my poo-poo performer for my big pool team with 40 points on the year at a minus eight is Morgan Riley. Just not – just an awful season for him overall, everywhere. I hope he bounces back next year because if – this is the new normal for him. That's going to be tough for Toronto with that contract. You. In what regard? Just like overall well, production? Like he needs to be at least a 50-point defenseman or he's not as useful as he could be because he is not great defensively at all. I would also, and like I know there's some Toronto truthers out there that are absolutely going to hate this. But Morgan hasn't been healthy all season, and you can tell. And then he got hurt, and then they rushed him back because he wanted to be out there. Oh, if I, I, if I were Keith, his ass would be parked for the rest of the season. I definitely agree. He's had a tough year health wise. Like, I'm assuming he will bounce back next year, but if he doesn't bounce, bounce back next year, then that contract's going to look pretty onerous. Yeah. So I, I'm okay with that that pick and who's your super duper star my super duper star must be well is pretty obvious given how my team goes and that is mr 30 wins 2.33 goals against 925 save percentage and six shutouts mr elias Sorokin. nice see i could have picked samson off but i traded him too <laughs> yeah you traded a lot of the guys that you potentially could have uh could have nominated my team is so much better for it though so i'm okay with it uh, that that's a very solid pick. I'm sorry Austin couldn't do it for you this year, but you know what? He's uh he's he's really evolved his team game, so I'll give him that. Well, he's probably still gonna break 40 goals and 90 points, so like he's not like he's you know down, but he's not what he was last year with 60 goals. So I just didn't want to like he technically probably was the best player on all of my teams, but <laughs> it just I felt like picking something other than him probably would have been a better idea. Well, goal scoring is the highest it's ever been in the NHL, so can't wait to see Gary ruin that for us. Yeah, that's true. Well, we got a couple guys that have hit 60 this year, which is crazy. Yeah, can I uh, throw out a quick honorable mention? Yep. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Very tidy season for a guy who wants to go to Montreal next year. Do you... Do you think that Winnipeg's getting any value for him in the inevitable trade to Montreal? Oh, absolutely not. No way. What well, what could what could they possibly strong arm him for? They traded um, Line A for that guy. Not that Line A's been um, unreal in Columbus or anything, but still. Line A and uh Roslovic, right? Oh, right, yeah. So, I mean, who knows what that trade could actually be, but like cool. He's been a great performer, and I could actually see him doing really well centering a line with, like, I don't think Suzuki slides to the wing, but Caulfield could be a winger. I I would assume that if PLD signs in Montreal, he becomes their first-line center. Oh, 100%. And then Suzuki slides into the two-spot, which is probably a better fit for him, which probably means that Caulfield would play with PLD, I would think. But Suzuki also played left wing in junior, so. Yeah, but they already have no center depth, so I don't know if moving him to the wing is a good idea. They can play on the power play together. 
Montreal is that old Raptor, uh, the Raptors saying they're two years away from being two years away. Yeah, that's they've they need they got some work to do. They have no goalie, no goaltending prospect. Montebo blows. Eh. They don't really have any defensemen, at least not ready to play in the NHL right now. And they've broken Caden Primo's spirit. <laughs> that guy doesn't even want to be a goalie anymore. Well, I mean, I I don't know. He's not Carey Price, I guess. Fair. All right. I got to keep you on track like I promised. What's next? Okay. So we are going to do some fantasy awards for the big pool. Oh, shit. Yep. I told you about this. Come on. Don't, don't, don't go. Oh, shit. I'm excited. Oh, shit. He's excited. Uh, So I'll just go over all the categories here. We, We are going to do best trade, worst trade. Best ad, worst drop, and GM of the year, uh, which is com- all of this is completely our opinion. Obviously, we don't have any analytics teams working on this for us, unfortunately. That that is correct, and uh, we'd be remiss to say that there is no Dawson of the Year award because Dawson can just win that by himself. So, congratulations, Dawson! You've won your own award. You. <laughs> 10 all the years running <laughs> you've been around you've won that award you're, you're you're so good that you've won it twice okay which one do you want to do first well we should probably just go like worst drop best ad worst trade best trade best gm sure um do you have a nominee for the worst drop of the year i do i just have to go back to that page so you can go first okay well, what if I I don't want to say the same one that you have though? That was the whole point of this, me having that, two. Th- that's okay. I forget okay. the dude's name, and I'm trying to trying to get to it. So, so my my worst drop of the year is uh, in early October. Laws Nation dropped Owen Tippett, who ended up having a really solid season. And given the fact that Laws Nation was one of the worst teams in the pool this year. Uh, he either could have flipped him for assets or at the very least kept him. Uh, so I, that is my nominee for worst drop. That is a very good nominee. I wanted to nominate, and I can't find him for the life of me right now. He was a waiver claim for $11 uh, earlier on in the season. Oh, are you talking about Akira Schmid? Yeah, and then he was dropped right away. So he was purchased for $11, and then he was dropped like three days or like a month later, and he was picked up for free. Thank you for getting me his name. I can't find the tab that I had him in. But I also do agree with the Owen Tippett one because Owen Tippett hit waivers multiple times. That one makes me sad because I tried to pick him up, but I also never bid on him, and he was one for $0. So that just tells you how stupid we all are. Uh, I think he actually could be fantasy relevant next year too. So especially in this pool, when you don't have a very deep keeper roster like this, that seems like not a great drop um, for a useful player. Okay. So Owen Tippett by Laws Nation is the worst drop of the year official. You agree (laughs) with that? I I would agree. Um, I, I don't think it's very close in some of the other players that were added or dropped. Um, it's just at the end of the day, if you have an impact player like that, it's very hard for you to kind of walk away from it. Right. I did. I basically went through every single drop for the whole season, but I basically went from like last year. So like 
you know, December-ish earlier. Because I feel like if you're if you're dropping somebody of significance, like the longer you would have not had them on the roster, the better. Uh, but they're it was weird that this is not a year where there were any crazy drops where I was like, wow, what are you doing? Like that yeah. is kind of the only one where I could really find. There was another one where it was a player that was dropped and then I ended up picking them up and held them for the rest of the season. But like it wasn't like a keeper level. Like sometimes you somebody drops a keeper level player without or, you know, a, a young rookie early in the season that ends up having a breakout year. They just struggle for the first 10 games or whatever. Right. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, for out of the year, I had a hard time kind of going through. Oh, my God. We we play the waiver so much in this pool. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, for me, I I had a very hard time trying to separate the idea of, like, somebody picking up somebody and flipping it at the deadline. Because I was going to be like, ha, Dimitri Orlov. I picked him up the day he got traded, and I flipped him at the deadline. That would have been, that would have been a great nominee. But I'm picking... A player that ended up on spare parts twice. He's had a very nice season in Carolina. Hey, he plays left and right wow, left and right wing, and the Maple Leafs had no use for him last year. That's Stephen Nason. <laughs> he's he's done a lot. Like he is just a solid pickup every chance you get. And I, I like I like the kind of value that that you get out of a player that actually just puts in points. So that's kind of nice. You know? Okay, so my uh, nomination for best ad, uh, this is added October 16th, which would be like what, the second week of the season? Yeah. Uh, I double checked, and this player did end up staying on this team's roster all season. Uh, so on October 16th, Lake Lisker Monsters added Jason Zucker who it looks might end up breaking 200 shots and 200 hits and have uh, 30 goals and 50 points, which is very, very good value for a waiver claim. I I want to also, and I just want to confirm, but I thought about where did he end up? So the Ultimate Warriors picked up Rasmus Sandin after somebody just tossed him to the side. I believe it was you, actually. No, it wasn't me. I I've, traded for him at the end of the year. I never had him on my roster before that. No, no, no. So that, that's fine. What I'm saying is he picked him up, like, after you dropped him, at like, in the playoffs. And oh. now just a keeper. Guaranteed to be a keeper for next year. I thought that was such tidy little work by the Ultimate Warriors, just by, like, keeping an eye on the waiver wire while he was eliminated. Very, very smart pickup. Okay. I want to put the Jason Zucker ad as the best out of the year. Uh, for the year. Yes. To pick up an actual keeper because it got dropped off a playoff roster. I think that's a very good honorable mention because hand like Sandine moving to Washington and having no defenseman above him to play. Well, John here, Carlson's still there. But he's still getting all that power play time, right? No, once Carlson came back, Sandine got no time. I still think he's a good pickup for a keeper. He's at best a second unit power play guy next year. All right, so I still believe Zucker is the correct answer, but I'm just uh, going with it, so there. (laughs) Okay, so best ad, Jason Zucker by the Lake Lisger Monsters, and the worst drop is Owen Tippett by Laws Nation. 
Yeah, did uh, Ivan Barbashev stay on Ogre's team all year? Uh, he no, because he right? he added him on waivers and he beat me on a waiver claim for him. Yeah, thirty-seven dollars to your seven. I was I was saving waiver dollars for apparently no reason. Yeah, the ra- the rainy day is here. Holy crap! I have a one day, one day, and Nice is playing tonight, so Yahoo will have him on tomorrow. Do you think so? They have to. Do they? <laughs> if if he's not on Yahoo tomorrow, I don't get him. So. Oh, why does the season end tomorrow? It ends on the twelfth. I'm pretty sure. There he is. How many games are left? It says the fourteenth. Oh, then I have plenty of time because he'll be he's playing the next four games, guaranteed. So that's good. Let's see. The fourteenth would be Friday. Perfect. So. Lots of time. I might actually be able to put my bid into, not for nice, but. I have a feeling I figured out who you're going for. Well, let's wait and see. Yeah, I'll message you after. Brock Faber, let's go, baby. Yeah, I don't think it's him. Brock Faber, come on. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Do you do you have a nomination for the worst trade? Yeah, the Connor McDavid one, but we're not allowed to talk about that one. <laughs> no. Uh, let me pull it up. Give me one second. Why did you let me open so many tabs before I started this show? Holy I always have a hundred tabs open. That's just how I roll. Um, there's two trades that I kind of super hated. Okay. Uh, I really did not like Evgeny Malkin in a third for Owen Power in a fifth. I thought that was a ridiculous trade on both parts, especially because we knew what Malcolm was going or like being asked for earlier in the season. This just seemed like kind of a desperation move. And like Owen Power had been peddled to the league nonstop all year, right? So like yeah. we knew we knew that he was like not in favor. He wasn't going to be kept. There was so much leverage that could have been in this deal. Didn't like that deal. Wasn't a large fan. Now I'm just scrolling to the other deal that I'm looking for. Not the stupid one. Um, I'll wow. There's he's actually there's three trades and two of them are definitely Dawson's. I hated the Jesper Wallstad for Matty Beneers deal. <laughs> That's such a such an overpayment for the the Calder candidate, but it is what it is. Um, the final trade that I thought was actually kind of a a bad trade. I'm just loading it up here. Is I didn't like Karel Vomelka for Kakinen. I had to pick a goalie trade just to make you happy. But also, Karel Vomelka had a very tidy year. And you you say he's a peripheral monster, right? He can be if you start. But sometimes he gives up like six goals to some random team on an off night, and then it yeah. sucks. There, there, are like, there are some just overall bad trades in this pool. They happen every year. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm... I'm of the mindset that the Matty Beniers is probably the worst one, if not the Malkin deal. I just, I didn't like the Malkin deal at all. And like, even when we complained about it through like the trade deadline episode. So I have uh, a different nominee for worst trade here. Damn. I think I found it too. There's a, there's an even worse trade on this page and I never even noticed it, but go ahead. I have uh 
somebody giving up a first and a second for Hampus Lindholm and Jordan Bennington. <laughs> Which I think is a god-awful trade. Did that, I make that trade? Nope. Uh, Yeah, you did. I benefited from that. You definitely benefited from that. Yeah, that, that is my trade. I thought you were actually, because I was like scanning through, I was like, what could be worse than what I just brought up? And I, I thought mean, it was... That's not bad for you. I guess I maybe should have looked for a trade that was bad for both parties. But I think that 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 was a like Bennington's been bad all year. He will probably be bad for the rest of his career at this point. Like, who knows what St. Louis is going to be next year? You gave him a first and a second. And now you might end up keeping Bennington like ugh, yeesh. How, how do you feel about uh, OEL a first and a 10 for Jarvis Romanov a second and a fifth? I mean, that's fine. OEL, though. OEL is awful, but that's just a guy you had to take back probably to make the deal work. So we'll we'll eliminate one of my two deals and then we'll we'll discuss. So which one do you hate more? The Beneers deal or the Malkin deal? I hate the Beneers deal more because it feels like a crazy, weird overpayment. Yeah, and that's anticipating Wallstead to possibly back up next year. And Wallstead's okay. probably not going to be backing up next year, given what Gustafson's doing. So, <sighs> so uh, I'm involved in this deal. So I'm kind of actually, you know what? Looking back at the deal, I still got quite a bit for it. I, I don't know. I think the the insane amount of picks that got moved in the Beniers Wallstead deal, like it it caused such a crazy domino effect for later on that deal happened on the fifth. And then all those picks got used to acquire McDavid. Yeah. You know what? You're, you're bringing me around on it. I think you're, I think you got one there. I think that did like, that was the, uh, the Russia moving missiles towards Cuba or whatever. of the, yeah. the season. This, this trade changed the entire dynamic of our pool. Without even like every single one of those picks got moved in uh, the McDavid deal. And we're not allowed to, we agreed before the show that we weren't going to do the McDavid deal because whatever, but this is bonkers. This, this trade changed everything in this pool and that's craziness. You could go through almost every trade that the Phantom slash Bob did this season in that pool. And I would say, 50% of them would make sense and 50% of them you would completely scratch your head and be like what the fuck that's fair that is fair like the like because I also another nominee for worst trade I had obviously not from your perspective was but for him giving up like two goalies Dubois first for Spencer Knight <laughs> oh see I, I know you told me I wasn't allowed to nominate myself but that still might be the trade of the year if not my other trade so like I had two phenomenal deals this year. It is it is insane given the trades that we vetoed this year that this one was a lot to go through. Uh, are we gonna just honorable mention it? So uh, congratulations to uh, Winged Wheel and Phantoms. You won worst trade of the year. Um, yeah. We'll just honorable mention the the trade that started everything. Uh, it was the first trade of the year. It was the first controversy of the year. It was. Matt Murray, Ilya Samsonov, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and a first, which is now a lottery pick, <laughs> for Spencer Knight, Alex Kerfoot, and a fifth. 
just like that that should have that should have just been night for the Leafs pair and you should have been giving up the first <laughs> like that trade would have made more sense i honestly do not know how this was not vetoed like did i just did I just not care at this point in the season? I just shrug- or because it was you, I just shrugged my shoulders and went, yeah, whatever, I guess. So the crazy part about this is the trade that happened like an hour before got vetoed. It was a far better trade. Vitaly uh, Kratsov, Owen Power, and Kalen Addison for Shabbat, Murray, and Samsonov. No goalies were going back the other That's way. That's a worse trade. But like, he was Krasnoff's playing on the whole nothing. like Addison's been in and out of the lineup. Power's been like what a forty point D man. Like Shabbat, Shabbat. It should have been Shabbat for those three guys. Didn't Shabbat end up on wing wheel anyways? I, yeah, point? I think he did. He ended up trading for him eventually. All right. So what's your nomination for the best trade? So I have two, but I will go. So this is one where I actually think I picked one where both teams, I feel like actually got really good value in this. Okay. So Matt Boldy in a first for Sebastian Ajo in a fourth. That was a phenomenal piece of work by Laws. I actually think looking at how Boldy absolutely went on Fuego for the second half of the year, um, the Cougars ended up getting into the playoffs because of the Ajo acquisition. I I, and that both of them are going to keep each player. Like, I'm, I don't know. I think that's actually an ideal trade at that time of the year. Yeah, it's, it's a really good trade. I also think that he was very smart about, like, he had better offers on the table. But he took Matt Boldy because he wanted to make sure that he got a player that he could kind of build around as well, right? So I thought that was a, a nice little trade. That was a very, very good trade. I'm pretty sure I had a first on the table, but he just didn't like any of the players I was sending back, which is fine. I had, I want to say Rob's um, lottery pick in there. Yeah, but then like he, like I, I like that idea of being like, oh, I'm just going to make sure I get at least, you know, a first is nice, but who knows what the hell that could be. So let's at least get a player that I know will be something next year. Like Boldy's probably going to be a 50 point or more player going forward now, so... And, like, Minnesota's going into a huge cap crunch next year. They might end up losing a few bodies. Like, he's a locked top sixer now. Fair. Um, My first nomination of two uh, is a lopsided trade for the Intimidators, but I, like, it's still funny. (laughs) It was terrible for the Roaring Lions, but Matthew Barzal for Jack uh, Campbell was an absolute fleecing. Congratulations, Intimidators, on that one. It's still one of the, like... So I just, just, I know Barzal ended up getting hurt. So, I mean, that actually ended up helping Intimidators even more because now he had a keeper level player that he could just sit on IR and grab garbage for the rest of the year as he tanked. Like that's, that's a really smart move. Um, I have another nominee that I'm going to bring up, uh, even though it is another one of your trades, but the fact that that he, he doubled down and decided he needed to bail from Campbell immediately. And he gave up Cole Caulfield and Carter Hart to do it, to get Murray and Samsonov. Like that's yeah. So you're basically looking at Barzal, Caulfield and Hart for Murray and Samsonov. But he's in the finals, so like he's in the finals. So if he ends up winning, then I mean, no harm, no foul. But if he ends up, I guess, losing uh, in the final, then he traded like all his picks and 
like you're getting one keeper and you're trading away two. So that's not ideal either. All right. So this is where I'm actually going to bring this trade into the fold. The McDavid deal. On behalf of Ogre, not on behalf of Wingwheel. I can't now, buy, I can't in good conscience give that best trade of the year. So, so I, the, here's why though. It's, it's the intangibles around it, right? So obviously I'm going to vote in the favor of my deal because that was an insane move. I, I, I literally got, I held on to the leaf tandem for a year and got PLD uh, a first and freaking Caulfield. I did okay. And I got Carter Hart. I, I think I had a, a great year. Um, actually, I really did have a great year. But the fact that he flipped Eichel, he flipped uh, Shabbat, and he flipped Kreider. Good for him. I think he flipped Kreider. He flipped him back to Winged Wheel, I'm pretty he sure. He flipped Panarin. Oh, yeah, he got one of them back. Yeah. Either way, uh, Ogre's in the finals. He he's gonna he's gonna miss McDavid for sure. But how could he be mad at any of the moves he made? He turned Eichel into Barkov. So essentially you're just trading two injured superstars, hoping one of them will stick. He moves uh I think he picked up Stevenson in that deal. No, no, he did not. Uh he got TJ Oshie and Eric Carlson for Panarin, and he got two firsts, a second, and a third. This guy put in work. I, well, we can't move on to the next category yet, but I feel like I, that's may potentially going to be one of your nominees. Possibly. I can't nominate myself. <laughs> uh, okay, so our nominees for best trade are Boldy for Ajo. The Murray Samsonov for Hart Caulfield flip. We have Barzal for Campbell straight up. And then you also wanted to touch on. Uh, I will, I will pull that. I will pull that out. That's the fine. McDavid deal. Okay. Uh, because the McDavid deal, anything that involves McDavid should win. I uh, think because of everything that it like Boldy for Ajo is best trade for me, just because of both teams getting something out of it. But if we're talking about actual best trade, like Barzal for Campbell is pretty fucking good. It's it's honestly the the best deal. Like if you're looking for an outright winner in a trade, the Intimidators crushed that, crushed it. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to go with Barzal for Campbell straight up. I think that's gonna have to be it. Okay. Right. Next cat. All right, best trade of the year. Uh, <laughs> Matthew yeah, Barzal for Jack Campbell straight up. It happens. Oh, it did happen. Okay, so last category, we have uh, best GM of the year. Would you like to nominate somebody? Maybe we'll each do a couple nominations here. Sure. I'm uh, just pulling up my manager's list here. I hate the way um, Yahoo has it when you're in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, uh, that's annoying. So uh, I, I've got, I'll, I'll say three nominations that I, I looked at really closely. Uh, nominee number one, I think, is Team Ogre. Okay. You, you don't trade McDavid and survive. And this guy has been, like, I entered the league the same time he did. He's, uh, he's made some shrewd moves. I've made some, like, big moves with him as well. 
he's gotten a long way on injured players and he seems to love his injured guys. So like Kucherov, Barkov, he just, he loves hurt people. Right. Uh, by lows, by lows, by lows. Um, the deal that him and I made actually for Kucherov was, I want to say it was Barkov, Kadri in a first, and then he ended up with Barkov again this year. But like the guy didn't play, so I didn't want him. Anyways, uh, Ogre is my number one nominee, uh, leading his team to a 126, 92, and 24. It's not bad. No, it's pretty good for a guy that eventually traded McDavid. Yeah. You don't, you don't deal McDavid. He, he did it. Okay, so my first nominee will be uh, Mr. Barzal for Campbell himself, uh, the Intimidators. Uh, partly because he actually had a really good team, but his goaltending let him down this year. So he was able to tank with good keepers. So he's able to sell, uh, add to his keeper base, sell, get a high draft pick, potentially Bedard, and then come back next year and already have like a keeper base better than probably some of the teams that made the playoffs this year. Yes, I'd agree. Uh, my number two is actually the person who finished dead last. And the reason I'm going to say this, Ultimate Warriors, I think you you deserve a little credit for your masterful tanking. Um, and the more we say tanking, the more it's going to piss off the commissioner and everything else that's happening. However, I will say you found every loophole and exploited it. And now it's like we're going to go through a bunch of rule changes in the offseason, which is hilarious because you definitely have the best lottery odds for for Connor Jr. And you your team actually looks like it'll be pretty healthy in a year or two. So good job on you. I thought you had a, a great and masterful season, as boring as it may have been, winning 63 games. I like that. It's not always about winning all the time, right? It isn't. Uh, my next GM of the nominee, or GM of the nominee, <laughs> GM of the year nominee, uh, is might be controversial, but I'm going to nominate the Wayne Wheel uh, because he tra- traded for McDavid. I just, I, I'm mad. I just have a lot of respect for that. He has this tendency in every pool we are in to get the best player. And he does it. I'm not mad. It's a good pick. It's a very good pick. My final pick, because I, I assume we're doing three. Yeah, we're doing three. I got three. Okay, cool. My final pick is one that kind of rose from the ashes and ca- caused a naming change for another team, but Red Risen didn't look back most of the season. He maintained uh, a first, second, or third the entire year. The team was tight. Unfortunately, it didn't end his way in the playoffs, but overall, just a very, a very nice season so uh, i i I give my respect to red risen and and the the squad over there good on you so my third nominee uh for gm of the year is a team that i think if we look back from the start of the season till the end of the season had the most improvement and significant overhaul to their keeper base and that was uh, a little team called wanapuck Oh, who's the manager of that team? And I forget the name of the manager of that team. 
but I think he's going to be my third nominee for GM of the year. Man, look at that. 21 moves. Barely even touched waivers. Barely even touched waivers. I mean, my fourth nominee is now the Aces, just so we're all clear. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't deserve it this year. I barely, I barely made any trades, and I added a bunch of waiver dollars that I don't even know if I'm going to be able to use now. So I don't know if that was... I made the playoffs, I guess. That's something. But I didn't make any stupid trades, at least. That's that's something. Yeah, and you know what? Just to uh, solidify the Intimidators uh, nomination, he made a shrewd piece of business on the waiver wire when Devin Levi became available. Buffalo's goalie of the future. He could be sitting on a, a tandem next year. Well, he has to. He's going to be sitting on Demko and Levi going into next season not bad i was i was wondering if somebody was gonna pick up levi i four teams tried yeah i'm not surprised that he outbid them all given the fact that we were the only teams that had more money than him and we weren't interested in levi so i put i think five dollars on him the funny thing is he cleared waivers in the auction pool and I totally forgot. I was like, oh shit, I could potentially look to Adam. And I went to Adam but didn't put any money in for a claim and AJ bit on him in there too and beat me out. That's funny. Oh <laughs> uh, I was like, oh you fucker. So obviously I can't vote for Wanapuck, which is too bad because that that's just a really fun team name. Um I, I I agree with your intimidators. I would strongly put forth a chip for either Warriors or Ogre. The like Ogre has the Cinderella kind of like coming into the five seed. Everybody counted him out in the playoffs. The dude traded McDavid and somehow prevailed. Some like it doesn't matter. He won money regardless, and he traded McDavid. So good for him. I I just love the Warriors tank. It's so pretty. It is such a pretty tank when you look at it. So, (laughs) uh, okay. So it's weird to pick best GM of the year as the tanking team. um, Especially when they don't make any major trades. So I don't know if I could necessarily nominate Kurt or the ultimate Warriors. I can't in good conscience nominate the team that traded McDavid. If I do at this point that they actually won the pool this year, then I would be maybe more convinced. Um, And then that also leaves me with AJ, who's also tanking. So my options, uh, Sean, are uh, the guy who traded for McDavid or the other team that you're not allowed to vote for. Okay, so... Uh, my vote out of my two, which kind of makes it easier for you then, is if I take Ogre and you take McDavid, I win GM of the year. So I win. You know what? I am actually okay with that logic. Co-hosting trap. This was not planned ahead of time. I named it, nominated <laughs> Sean on my own. If you go back and look at it, I honestly think from Start of the year to the end of the year, other than the guy who added McDavid, potentially, he clearly improved his keeper base the most out of almost anyone. So I think that's actually pretty. You made some pretty pretty shrewd trades, I would say, this year that I would be very jealous of if I was in a rebuilding situation. I just hope that the fandom's pick wins. 
if you end up getting Bedard too with that pick, that'll just be yeah. The 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 crazy part about it is like looking at Ogre's team, looking at uh Red Rising, looking at the monsters, even looking at the winged wheel, the top five teams in this pool are going to drop juicy players into yep. the draft. Juicy. That is- that's a big reason why I decided to like definitely hold on to my first and second round picks unless there was literally a keeper, a player that I wanted to keep coming back. I wasn't moving those picks. Yeah. Because there's going to be some really good guys in that first round that because there's going to be a bunch of rookies finally too that people are going to want to pick up because there's going to be guys left over from this year that aren't going to be kept like uh, Cole Sillinger, maybe even a Kent Johnson, guys like that that might go in the early rounds. And then you're also going to get this year's crop with Fantilli, Bedard, Leo Carlson, who knows who else people might grab out of that. Like if Cooley and stuff don't end up signing this year, then that's another guy that could go early next year. So, and, and I'm not necessarily probably looking for a super young player in the first round next year. I'm probably more looking for the established you know, 60 to 80 point keeper type um, or veteran type. So I'm hoping I'll get some nice guys falling to me there. If I don't have a top three pick, I'm going for the best possible player guaranteed. But I also am sitting on four firsts. So I have, I have wiggle room to get even better next year. You should be able to, if you can, if you can knock your draft, like if you have even a, a solid draft, you should be a playoff team or at least, fighting for it till the end next year i would think want a puck rising oh if oh my god can you please change your name to that next year going into the season that would well, be so funny I, I did nominate him so i feel like he'll be okay with the nod oh that would be so funny well congratulations to all of our winners yep congrats to all of our winners and congrats to our gm of the year too bad we couldn't get him on the podcast yeah it's super weird <laughs> uh okay i had a few like random news and notes and stuff written down but i just don't like we're pretty much at an hour here and i don't think any of it's super important to talk about so i think we're just going to wrap it up here sean sure do you want to do you want to talk about knives for like 30 seconds yeah let's do some nice talk and then we'll wrap it up okay what do you think where do you think he ends up or what do you think they do i think unless somebody gets hurt he's not playing i have this weird feeling because he can't be sent down to the minors he is going to be the 13th forward and if there's any sort of like, oh my God, we can't score, he's going to be thrown into every possible chance to succeed. I think tomorrow we see him against Tampa Bay on either Tavares's wing or Matthews. But looking at the Leafs lineup the way it is now, the only line I'm not sold on is the third line. And that's a lot to do with the fact that Ryan O'Reilly is either playing third line or second line. And we don't know what he's playing. Right. I think so, what ends up happening in the playoffs is there's one forward that's going to get squeezed every night and guys like O'Reilly and Nylander, Matthews, Marner are going to get double shifted. I think that's what's going to end up happening in the playoffs. I don't think it's going to be Nylander, man. Look, well, I, I mean, whoever, yeah, but I think Keith is just going to take one guy who's going that night. Like you can tell one of the, your players is feeling it and then you just start double shifting him on that third line somewhere. Yeah. Like Nylander, I like, I know you love him. So it's very hard. And I'd like, I've tried very hard not to message you every single time that he like dogs it, but like, what is this guy doing? He, he stopped scoring. So now he just like unplugs his controller and hopes for the best. Are you, are you watching this man play hockey right now? I really don't care what anybody on that ice does for that team. The last 20 games of the season, honestly, I I didn't even mention it. I went to a game last week. 
back check. You went to Pride Night, didn't you? Yeah, I was out there for Pride Night. It was just Apparently, like I didn't specifically get awesome. tickets for Pride Night. It just ended up being Pride Night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, I mean, had decent seats for Leafs. That's probably my first time being at a Leafs game since like 20, I want to say like 2010, 2011. Like it, it had been a while since I had been there for an actual Leaf game, but like, it was cool to see, but I mean, and it was a kind of a meaningless game. So it was just have a few beers and watch the, the guys, they smoke Columbus. So that was fun. Yeah, man, Mr. Zach Aston Reese, only good on TSN. Yeah, it was. We were laughing that basically we we're there and we just saw the plugger score a bunch of goals. But it was it was still fun to go and be there. And I don't know. It's. I mean, it would be really cool to get playoff tickets sometime. That'd be yeah. fun. Do you think this weekend was the last game Simmons plays as a Leaf, or do you think they they throw him in in game two because Corey Perry's out of control? I honestly, if they if they play him in the playoffs, we've lost the plot. I, I'd agree with that, but. Like, if he's that was they they got him specifically into that game for that reason. Like it's over. Like he's not playing. He's gonna be in the room and everything. But like they'll call up Holmberg and put him in the lineup before they put Simmons in the lineup. I don't with like they'll put Shen in the lineup if they want somebody that'll punch faces. They got Achari now. They got like I don't know. They got more like Aston Reese will fight somebody if he has to. Like they got more than enough guys now. McKay will probably fight somebody. I think Luke Shen is on the playoff roster. God, please don't. Dude, he's there for two reasons. He is there to be... To give the a, puck away. <laughs> a brute force. You, If if he is out there, he's going to get exploited so bad, and I do not need that. But I don't you want, want that. You, okay, so looking at the that Leaf team right now, how many of them have cups? Shen? Ryan O'Reilly? Does yeah, Lafferty sh- have one with the pens? Uh, O'Reilly has one. No, no. Does Sam Lafferty have one with the Penguins? Ooh, maybe one. I can't say for sure off the top of my head, if I'm being honest. And even exactly. if he was on that team, he would have been like a fourth line player, probably at best. I just like the intangibles Luke Shen brings to the table. I don't like the game that Luke Shen brings to the ice. <laughs> yeah, but do, would you rather that or Justin Hall? Justin Hall every day. Dude. All day. I don't know, man. Every day, all day. It's tough. It's just, I can't. If they scratch Justin Hall for to play Luke Shen, they've lost the plot, too. All right, so let me ask you these final questions, then. Who's who's the top-line left winger going into the game one? Bunting. Where's Yarncroft playing? Third line or second line? Third. So who's uh, who's your second line, then? Your second line is uh, O'Reilly, Nylander, and Tavares. And your third line is what? Yarncroc, Camp, and Zach Aston Reese. And then you have Achari and Kerfoot and I don't whoever else needs Lafferty. I like that Lafferty, uh, Achari, Aston Reese line. That's fine too, like whatever. But the problem with Yarncroc is he's way more effective in the top six, and now you don't have spot for him there unless you take Bunting down, and Bunting's not effective in the bottom six either. So you kind of got two samesies players right now, which is not great. So Nice doesn't get in. Nice is not getting in unless there's an injury. I just can't see it. I just don't see an upside to it. Like you, I, you, I don't, I don't know. Like they don't have a single rookie in that forward group right now. It's all like more or less veterans, right? I don't, I don't want to throw anybody into the fire. I think you see Nice if Kerfoot fucks up. 
yeah, Kerfoot, Yarncroc, um, like Zach Heston Reese gets hurt. Like any any of the wingers get hurt, I could see him being first man up into the lineup. But then where like then you rearrange everything and because ideally to me like you can't even play. I don't. That's the thing. I don't know where to play him because you can't play him on a defensive shutdown line. So then you're playing him on the fourth line and you're gonna play him with a bunch of guys that aren't gonna like be that great to help him generate anything. So I don't know. I think Kelly Yarncroc is also like. Such a underrated signing. I mean, it's nice to have him for a few more years because they're not going to be able to. I know Achari's back next year, I think, right? So, yeah. or is it Lafferty? No, maybe it's Lafferty that's back next year. Lafferty's back next year, and McCabe is back for the next two seasons. Yeah, that's a that's going to be a hell of a trade. And then Muzzin's going to come off the books, and then that extra money is going to be able to go to Nylander or Marner or Matthews or whatever for the raises. So, And then Tavares is going to take a discount at some point. So, And, like, we all assume Ryan O'Reilly's already signed. Yeah, and you would assume that Sam Sonoff's coming back and Joseph Wall will be at the backup next year. Murray, I think Murray's getting Robida Island or he's just getting cap dump somewhere. That's It's over. That's not it's That's over. the hope. They're not, they're not going through that again next year. I would be shocked. Like, sorry, buddy. You just can't stay healthy. And even when you're healthy, you're not that great. I wonder if they deal him to like an Arizona. Yeah, like that's what I mean. He's going to be a cap dump because uh, I don't think they want to be on LTIR again next year. It's just, You can't build cap space for the deadline that way. It's tough. Yeah, it's very tough. But cool. Those are all my questions for you. All right. Well, thanks for everybody for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Later. 